So anything that we can do that puts that in a place where we can do more, do better, create more sugar, that's a win. Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Rod here at A Better Way to Farm, where we work hard to help people improve their yields and increase their profits. Today, guys, we're going to talk about zinc. And, of course, you basically you go through these more or less alphabetically. And when we look at the zinc, it is the micronutrient that is probably the most sold. You know, a lot of places, they just sell you some starter and they dump some zinc in it and tell you that you need it. And they're probably right. However, uh, no different than any other nutrient, we still believe there should be a soil test. We believe when you do the soil test, it'll tell you how much you're going to need and uh, to put on the right amount. We really do embrace the four R's. The industry embraces the fifth R, the four R's, right place, right product, right time, right source, the right rate. But what do they embrace? They're going to go after the right convenience for the retailer. And guys, the right convenience for the retailers, how we arrive at a lot of things that are applied at the wrong time of year, maybe using the wrong source because they've got infrastructure already invested. There's a lot of things that go into that. But guys, we really do want to do that. When we're using zinc, we want to be using it at the right source of the product. We want to be applying it in the right place. We want to be doing it at the right rate. Because if we don't put enough on, we don't get the response we need. If we put too much on, we create imbalances that hurt us in other ways. So let's jump in here and look at our sheet, the 16 are the rules of the 16 essential nutrients. Under zinc, it says it aids in plant growth, hormones, and enzyme systems, and it is necessary for starch formation. That's going to give us test weight. That's going to be important. And the big three to me, it's necessary for chlorophyll production. It's necessary for carbohydrate formation, and it aids in seed formation. You know, the proper use of the carbohydrates, guys, it's how we end up with a lot of sugar. We understand that you know, 100 bushel soybeans, you have to produce 30,000 pounds of sugar per acre, 30,000. 300 bushel corn, you have to produce 30,000 pounds of sugar. So anything that we can do that puts that in a place where we can do more, do better, create more sugar, that's a win. And a lot of these different nutrients, whether they be macros, micros, or secondary, do that. So as we take a look at the zinc and my last pitch for the agronomy handbook, guys, from Midwest Labs, download it, use it. It's a great resource. You get it for free or you can give them 10, 12 bucks. They'll send it to you already printed together. But as I start talking about zinc, here's some of the things we got to consider. Number one, the availability of zinc is high at a pH of five and the availability decreases as your pH increases to nine where it becomes completely and totally unavailable to the plant. Zinc deficiencies may also be found on acid sandy soils that are low in total zinc. Soils in high phosphorus will be zinc deficient. Some organic soils and on soils where the subsoil has been exposed by land leveling practices. If we've moved dirt, that soil that we have exposed is probably deficient in a lot of different things. We also need to know that a zinc deficiency is very prevalent when we have a cool, wet spring. And so if we can have, uh, you know, weather conditions that create that for us. Another thing to consider with our zinc is this. Different hybrids will exhibit deficiencies different on different soils. In one certain soil, a hybrid may show no zinc deficiency. It probably has it, but it's not so severe that it's showing it. 
we have that hidden hunger. And remember, guys, the visual threshold, 6 to 15 bushel usually. That's why we want a soil test and put out what it says. That's why we want a tissue test and confirm that it worked because we want to fix those deficiencies before they're visual. But, uh, you know, you get one hybrid on a certain field, doesn't show any deficiency cell. The next field you put that same hybrid on shows up as tremendously deficient. And so there's a lot of different things that go into this. It's why the tissue testing is really important in order to get us where we want to go, knowing the information that we really want to get. Coming out of the fertilizer handbook, um, probably my favorite book that I use all the time. Uh, very hard to get a hold of. You just got, if you want to buy this book, guys, you just got to keep checking on Amazon. They come up every so often. They're kind of spending now because the guys that have them know what they have and uh, they're going to make you pay for it. But it's a great, great resource. Again, they're saying the zinc availability will decrease as your pH goes up. They're telling us that climate factors that affect zinc response are temperature and moisture. And obviously the zinc deficiencies are going to be more severe on cold, wet soils, and they're going to be really severe if we have marginal sink levels as well. Your crops that are susceptible to zinc deficiency are corn, beans, cotton, flax, and many fruits and nuts. Some of these varieties of these crops are more susceptible to zinc deficiency than others. Again, that just keeps coming back. Zinc toxicity to plants is not common, but it may be reduced or eliminated by the liming of the soil. Zinc deficient plants, guys, mature later than normal plants. You know, in this day of ever trying to make that plant mature as, as much as we can and get it physiologically mature before it dies, zinc is an important part of that. Your deficiency symptoms that you're looking for in a legume is that you're going to have small bronze-colored spots on your older leaves, and you're going to see that the leaves have a mottled appearance. In corn, you get a yellow stripe on either side of the midrib, just on either side of the midrib, developing on the first in your lower older leaves. So this is one of those that shows up in the older leaves. Sorghum, you're not going to see visual symptoms very often. The only symptom you're going to see is that your seed production is greatly reduced. Guys, if you're growing grain sorghum, it is really important that you run the, the tissue test and make sure you've got that under control, doing exactly what you want the way you want in order to get the yield that you deserve. Again, high levels of phosphorus may induce a zinc deficiency. Guys, we know this. If you have a P1 above 25 or a P2 above 50, we strongly encourage you to apply zinc every time. We want to see a pint to a quart in the seed trench because that high phosphorus creates a zinc deficiency in that plant, and that is not something that we want to do. We want to keep our ducks in a row and our nutrients at the right levels. Another thing that the Western Fertilizer Handbook talks about is the fact that zinc is linked with iron and manganese in the formation of chlorophyll. So again, you've got multiple nutrients working together, working with each other, or sometimes working against each other. Here, iron and manganese are important to have correct. At the same time, you have your zinc correct in order to get your formation of your chlorophyll. And again, what are they calling here? What are they looking at when they see zinc-starved plants? Again, your terminal leaves are small. Your fruit bud formation is severely reduced and your plants may have mottled leaves and with necrotic or dead areas. And so we're looking for those deficiencies, whether they be that striping right next to the midrib, or they be this necrosis that shows up as we're uh, out there looking at our crops. But guys, I just want to stress tissue test, tissue test. We want to make sure we're getting it right. Shreifer says that we have set the desired levels at zinc for six parts per million to eight, 
and knowing that we've got to have those where we want them, we've got to apply as we needed. Zinc, we can add zinc to the starter bands or apply it as a foliar feed. And he talks about the different things to look at and pay attention to. Here's a, here's a rule, guys. Never, and it's capitalized, never add a sulfated product such as zinc sulfate. Never add a sulfated product such as zinc sulfate to a liquid phosphate. You will end up with a gravel-like precipitate. And when that falls apart, you're going to be very, very, very sad. Again, Another method to supply zinc is to add it to the starter. Banding concentrates material and requires less to do the job. He talks about the fact that some people want to use some kind of an oxide. For instance, zinc, uh, you know, when you get a zinc oxide, which is a really cheap zinc that you can broadcast on, here's your problem. The oxide form does not become available until about the same time as harvest. So if you apply a zinc oxide, yes, it's cheap. Yes, there's a reason because it doesn't become available until you're harvesting. And that's obviously way too late. He again comes back and talks about supplying zinc through a full air application. And using these liquid forms is an excellent method in order to meet that zinc need. So we've got the jury is not out. Replacing your zinc is better. It concentrates it. Full air feeding is great because that concentrates it. And that's what we're looking about is how do we get it in there? and concentrate as hard as we can. Looking at Neil's book here from Hands-On Agronomy, he talks about the fact that coming back to the same thing, guys, any one nutrient in excess is not good. You know, we used to just think we just put a lot of something on, it'd make the difference. And for a little bit it did, but it doesn't last very long. And again, I know there's been some, there was a couple of people didn't really care for this comment, but the fact is high use of fertilizers like high use of drugs and it becomes addictive, and it takes more to get the same job done next time than it did this time. And he's in here saying, what happens if nitrogen is oversupplied? Well, first of all, too much nitrogen can induce a zinc deficiency. And zinc is important and instrumental in moisture absorption. Guys, are we listening? Too much nitrogen creates a zinc deficiency. A zinc deficiency makes it less effective in how we use our moisture. Therefore, it takes more water to do the same job. Guys, that's not what we're after. This is another good reason to put nitrogen on in the proper amount, but not in an amount that is excessive. I know that oftentimes we want to believe that if an ounce is good, a pound has to be better. And that's actually not very true. And in most areas, it's not true. Using it correctly is always the answer. What are your deficiency symptoms? Again, we want to be looking at in corn and sorghum, it'll be the intervenal chlorosis. We'll be looking at shorter internodes, and in soybeans, we'll be looking at intervenal chlorosis and stunting. And so, you know, but the bottom line is, guys, we don't want to get to the point where we see it. I'm just going to keep pounding on this. Soil test, soil test, soil test, tissue test, tissue test, and tissue test. We want to make sure that we get it in there and we get it right. He also says that zinc is the most universally helpful of all the micros audited via a soil test. The key is not the most helpful. The key words are audited via a soil test. When it is short, guys, it adversely affects the moisture absorption in the crop. If you're wanting to be more water tolerant, if drought tolerant, then what do we got to do? We have to have our nutrient levels right. And that would include not putting on too much, especially of nitrogen. And that would include making sure we have adequate zinc. You guys know I've talked all the way through this for the 12 days talking about making sure that we have all the nutrients that we need in the proper amounts. 
I read this earlier. I'm going to share it again because it's important to think about. And this applies to the guys who come out and they say, hey, we've got micronutrients in a jug. We've got everything you need right here in this jug. You know, my opinion of that is not good because I don't feel like my guys in North Dakota need the same thing as my guys in Indiana or the guys in Nebraska. I can't even find two fields right here where we live that need the same micronutrients. But the thing to consider is a lot of those where we've got everything you need in one jug actually just have very small amounts of each one. It's kind of like taking a warm shower. It makes you feel better, but it really doesn't last very long. And so what do we got to do? We got to put it on the right way. When you consider trace elements, keep this in mind. If you put on too little, you won't get what is considered to be the first plateau. In other words, if you are deficient in a certain micronutrient and you make an application, but you fail to get above the minimum requirement in terms of a payback for that crop, for the current yield purposes, you might as well done nothing because you won't get a response. Grain yield will not adequately improve until you get above the deficiency level. I go back to my analogy of starting a fire and all you got is two sticks. You can rub them two sticks together really hard, rub them really hard, and what happens? You can get smoke, and if you quit rubbing, you don't get fire. Why? Because you need just a little more heat. We got to make sure when we're putting on the micronutrients, we got to make sure we're bringing the heat. Here's how a lot of tests were ran that said micronutrients don't work or micronutrients are not important. What Neil says is this. How many field experiments have been used to say that micronutrients are not needed simply because the research involved did not properly consider that the soil had no limiting major or secondary nutrients? And even then, potential results will not be achieved if the amounts applied fail to get levels sufficient to reach that first critical plateau. And please remember, guys, micronutrients respond best when your calcium is 60 to 70 percent base saturation and your magnesium is 10 to 20. If you get out of those parameters, then we're going to see a reduction in our response to our different micronutrients. But, uh, you know, micronutrients are important, and there's been a lot of testing done to prove that they didn't work, and it was very easy to run a test and show that they don't, and we want to make sure that we're actually running a test on our farm, showing how it works there. The book that we haven't used a lot, Soil Fertility and Fertilizers, super, super, super full of a lot of really deep reading type of stuff. And it talks about the fact that other cations inhibit zinc uptake, possibly because of competition at the carrier site. The antagonistic effect is especially prevalent with copper and iron. So if we have high copper and high iron, we have a hard time getting zinc into the plant also. High P availability will induce a zinc deficiency. With zinc deficient plants, the cellular regulation of P uptake is impaired, causing absorption of toxic levels of P and translocating those to plant tops, and that creates something that looks like a zinc deficiency. We want to make sure, guys, that we've got this thing dialed in. Everything matters. Guys, I hope that you found some value in this. And while I'm on that, let me just say this. I had a gentleman who sent me soil tests today. He pulled them because he wants to work with us. Call me before you send them in. Please call us at 641-919-1206 or give us a text. Send us a message on the Facebook page. We want to talk to you because this gentleman's co-op ran all the tests, and I mean a boatload of tests, and didn't have one micronutrient checked. Didn't check for sulfur as a secondary. Didn't check for zinc, manganese, iron, copper, or boron. 
And guys, I think by now you've figured out that we consider those to be really, really super important. So I hope you've had a good time. Thank you guys very much. We look forward to talking to you really soon, and we hope you are having a better day. A better way to farm.com. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.